Hello, Real Life Church. Um, please wave if you can hear me. Lovely. So I am um, Melanie, Melanie Crane. I'm married to Stuart. If we haven't met yet, I'm very pleased to meet you. Um, I'm a mummy to Levi and Asher. And together we look after this beautiful church. Um, I look after kids and youth work here and look after what we get up to in the community. Uh, which is my absolute pleasure and sometimes I'm allowed to preach too which is great fun. So um, tonight we're going to be looking at the story of the uh, workers in the vineyard. Uh, so I met Stuart, I thought I might tell you a little bit about uh, me and Stuart. I met Stuart on a year out with New Frontiers and New Frontiers is the family of churches that we are a part of and I met Stuart on a year out and I found him fascinating. Um, for those of you who know him, you probably also find him fascinating. He dressed um, like he didn't seem to care who was watching. Um, he stood at the back in times of worship, whereas I would be right up the front with my nose pressed up against whatever was going on. He'd ask um, such difficult questions to the lecturers um, I learned about him quite quickly that he would only speak if there was something really to say rather than me. I kind of just, you know, fill the space. Um, his laugh as well. I don't know if you've been around Stuart when, he's, when he laughs. His laugh seems to come out from the very depth of his being and just burst out. I still love it when he laughs. And he interested me from the first time I met him 21 years ago. And I have to be honest, I've been married to him for 20 years and I still find him fascinating. He got my attention at 24 years old and he has kept it for 21 years. The story of the workers in the vineyard is all about a moment where the master grabs the attention of the workers. He calls him or her into his vineyard and it doesn't really matter what time they were called or how long they've been working. All that matters is that he calls them and he's willing to pay them. So if you've been called by the master, five years ago, 50 years ago, when you walk out at the end of your time served, you'll collect a wage that is well beyond what you deserve or could have ever earned. This is amazing grace, it is the sovereign saving grace of God that gives sinners like you and I what we don't deserve and we'll We'll, um, we'll work our way through the story and hopefully you'll see that. So my name, as I've said already, is Melanie and I was called by Jesus at 20 years old and I've been kept by him for 25 years. My name is Hannah and I was called by Jesus at 37 years old and I've been kept by him for five years. Hi, my name is Dave and I was called by Jesus at uh, 51 years old, and I have been kept by him for five years. My name is Anna, and I was called by Jesus at 22 years, and I've been kept by him for nine years. My name is Gemma, and I was called by Jesus at 14 years old, and I've been kept by him for 20 years. My name's Andrew, and I was called by Jesus when I was 31 years old, and I've been kept by him for 21 years. 
Hello, my name's Charlotte. I was called by Jesus when I was 14 years old and I've been kept by him for 23 years old. My name is Becca and I was called by Jesus at 13 years old and I have been kept by him for 26 years. My, my name is Kay and I was called by Jesus at five years old and I have been kept by him for 31 years. Hi, my name is Sarah and I was called by Jesus at five years old and I've been kept by him for 39 years. This is amazing grace. It's amazing to me that any of us get to be with Jesus, get to know him, get to be in relationship with him. And whether you've known him for five years or 50 years, whether you are someone who was called at 9am in the morning or 5pm at night, it is amazing grace that saves us. It is amazing that the master of the vineyard would pay that price for us and welcome us into his vineyard. So I, I want to get into the story, but before we get into the story, I don't want us to miss the context. And I think it's really important with the parables to go back into the Bible and find out where they were being told. So these are little stories with big ideas, but Jesus was, was telling them in a context and usually in response to something. So this story is, um, if you track back a few lines before, Jesus is speaking to the 12 disciples. So he's not speaking to the Pharisees or religious leaders, which often in the parables, he's often correcting them or talking to them or trying to get them to see what his kingdom is really like in this parable he's addressing the 12 disciples and what's going on at the time is the disciples are basically squabbling over who is going to sit sit next to Jesus so who's going to sit next to him in heaven who's going to have the seat of highest honor who's going to be the closest and you'll often find that with the disciples you track through and they're like they're like squabbling over things like that and that's the context which Jesus tells this story he's basically addressing who's my favorite and who's going to get to sit in the place of honor and will everyone see me he's addressing all of this the disciples remind Jesus that they're the ones that have been with him the longest as if he needed reminding that they're the ones who've worked the hardest and they've been around the longest and they've given up the most which I just sometimes do you read the bible sometimes and just like laugh out loud they're talking to the savior who is about to lay down his very life and they're just reminding him how much they have given up so this is the context the story is being told to address some of these issues. So let's take a little look at the story. So we've got a master and a vineyard. So this guy, he owns the home and the land. And so he's, he's, he's wealthy, he's got influence, and he's the master of it all, and it all belongs to him. So it's his vineyard, his right to hire whom he chooses, pay what he chooses. It's, it's really all about him. And this is what it means, I think, to be sovereign, that God is the sovereign king of the kingdom. So everything belongs to him. Everything is his. He, he has the wealth. He has the influence. It's all his. So it is up to him who he chooses to come and work in his vineyard and how much he pays them. And then we've got the workers. 
And the workers are are people like you and I, really, people who are who are who are waiting to be called. So people who are being called at certain times and in certain places and by names. And these are people who are desperate to work. They're, they're sitting out on the, on the streets looking for work. They're, when, when it says in the story that they were idle or Jesus refers to them as, or the, the master refers to them as idle, it doesn't mean they're lazy. It doesn't mean they're sitting around doing nothing. It means that actually they haven't yet found work. Um, and so when, when he goes out to look for them, he's not telling them off and saying, oh, lazy bones sitting around. He's basically saying, you haven't found work yet. You haven't got work yet. I've got work. And um, working in a vineyard would have been hard labor. It would have been hard work. So uh, I looked up a bunch of stuff to do with the vineyards at the time. And they would have most of them would have been set on hillsides or would have been terrace. So what you'd have been doing was carrying stuff up and down. You would have been carrying soil. You'd have been carrying boulders. You'd have been carrying things up and down. When it was harvest time, you'd be picking from like loads of grapes, but carrying them up and down. So this is this is hard work. And and when we're called by the master, we're called into something. It's not just. Um, would you like to be a part of my kingdom would you like to take a seat at the table it's would you like to get involved in my work would you like to be a part of what I do on the earth and and I like to stress it with people when they come to know Jesus that that basically you're being invited into a journey where Jesus says take up your cross and follow me so you're being invited into something that isn't necessarily the easiest path, isn't necessarily the path that's full of flowers and, and Disney songs bursting out. It's something where we will labour, where we will work, where we will work alongside the master. And then you've got this thing about a day's wage. So the workers were paid a day's wage. And in the story, it says they were paid a denarius or denarius, which was, was a generous amount of money. It was a good amount of money. It was um, what you'd maybe get paid if you were a Roman soldier or a Roman citizen. Like it was a good amount of money. It was more than a day labourer would normally be paid. And this is what the Bible calls grace. So if you've ever heard that, well, in fact, we sang it, didn't we? This is amazing grace. So grace basically gives us more than we deserve. So the workers in the vineyard at, at six o'clock in the morning. So at six o'clock in the morning, the guys who were brought in to work in the vineyard were being paid more more than they should have been paid they would be it was a generous wage so at 6am it was generous at nine it was generous at noon it was generous at three it was generous and at five it was generous it was generous all day they were being paid more than they deserved and that that's what you get when you become a Christian when you when you follow Jesus when you get saved by him you get way more than you deserve so in Jesus we find forgiveness of sins and not just like a few of my sins or my sins today, like my sins forever, full stop the end, my slate wiped clean, everything I've ever said, done, thought, the stuff that, that you know, disappoints even me, all that stuff, I find forgiveness of sins, which is more than 
more than I deserve. I get right standing with God. The Bible says that, that when I become a Christian, I'm called righteous, which is more than I deserve. It's what Jesus deserves. And what I get when I become a Christian is that I get power to live free. So I get access to the Holy Spirit. I get to um, access God. I get to draw on his strength and his power. I get to live in the good of that, live free, which is more than I deserve. It's more than I deserve at nine in the morning. It's more than I deserve at five o'clock at night. I get a home in his family, the church. And, and we might not always um, find the church the easiest people to belong to it might not always um delight us there might be times when it disappoints us or it's hard because it's a family there are times when when being in a family is hard but i tell you what being in a family is amazing being in the family of god that we get invited into that is just incredible i often find myself saying how do people do life without church like we're about to move house and there are so many people offering us meals and offering to help move us and clean and i don't know how people do stuff without church we get invited into that family and we get eternal life we get to live forever right with God free from our sin it's it's more than we could ever imagine it's more than we could ever earn it's more than we deserve it's it's grace and you get it all no matter what time you come no matter how late in life you pray that prayer you get it all as long as you come by the blood as long as you walk in through Jesus you come by his blood or you don't come at all salvation is not earned by good works or um, um, hard labor salvation is found in Jesus and Jesus alone you see, God loves his people and he has a plan for his people. But we sin, don't we? We get stuff wrong all the time. I, like I've spent today on and off getting stuff wrong. We, we get stuff wrong all the time and we fall so far short of a perfect God who has perfect standards. We, we could never get there. And some of you are probably a little bit exhausted because you've been trying to earn God's favour or earn your place. It's, it's tiring. You can never get there. But Jesus died in our place for all our wrong. And the story shows us that all we need to do is hear his voice calling us in. And we just need to come. We need to get up. We need to follow him no matter what time it is, no matter how old we are and God calls out and he keeps on calling so he's up early so in the story it's um 6 a.m and he's up out finding people to work in his vineyard but I love I love it in the story because at five he's still out there going who wants to work who wants to come he's still willing to pay at 5 p.m those who would maybe sneak in for an hour and work in his vineyard. It's outrageous, really. When you read the story, it's outrageous. It's outrageous at 6 a.m., 9 a.m., noon, 3 p.m., 5 p.m. It's outrageous that God would call us. But it, there is something about him being out there at five that really struck me in the story. 
that, that he's not prepared to give up, that he's still willing and wanting people to come in. It's outrageous. It's lovely. It's beautiful grace. And then you have this thing at the end where he says he'll pay the last first and the first last. And this is where we've got to remember who he's talking to. He's talking to the disciples and they're all saying, well, will I be first? Will I be sitting at your table? Will I get the best seat in the house? Will I be the one who sits on your lap or sits next to you? Will that be me? Please let that be me. Like it's, it is like a bunch of children, isn't it? And he's addressing this. He's saying in the kingdom, everything looks different. The first will be last. The last will be first. I don't think he's literally saying as disciples, you'll be the last ones queuing up in heaven. I think what he's saying is it looks completely different in my kingdom. Nobody gets here because they work the hardest or because they have shown up the longest. You get here by Jesus you get here by the blood and he knows that these guys have given up homes and work and family he knows what it has cost them to follow him but the place of honor belongs to God and God alone he'll decide who comes in first he'll decide where they sit what they do he'll decide who gets called in he'll decide what they get paid the place of honor belongs to Jesus the place of honour belongs to God. And we do well to even bow down on our faces before him. We do well to even be standing there on that day. And I feel like that's something even now that God just wants us to be able to grasp and get hold of. That we do well as believers to even be standing in his very presence, to have the spirit of the living God alive in us, to be free from sin, to be right with God, to have access to a power that, that the Holy Spirit, that's incredible, that equips me for life and enables me to do all things. We do well to be standing there in his presence. And sometimes we need to be um, bowled over by that, amazed by that. We need to remember that it is amazing grace that saves us. So I want to earth some of this and suggest some things that we can do. So this is the point where maybe you get a pen out and a notebook or you grab your phone and you pull up a, a notepad or something on there and jot down anything that you think, oh yeah, I'm going to have a go at that. I'm going to try that out. So I want to say to you, first off, make sure you read around these little stories with big ideas. Make sure you read around them. See what provoked the story. So I set you the challenge for, for the list of um for the list of stories that we sent out, for the list of parables that we'd sent out, I set you the challenge to read around them and find out what the context is. Work out why he's telling the story and who he's telling it to. Find out who his audience is. So you could take that list of 40 parables and ask yourself the question, who were his audience? Who is he telling the story to and why? 
Why is he telling that story and just work it out? We always need to, when we read our Bibles, put the verses back in context, make sure we're reading them in context so that they make sense to us. So read around the little stories with big ideas. Uh, secondly, I know only one way to make sure that he is in the right place in my life and it's called worship. It is right that I worship him for who he is and what he's like. And it's so good for me. It stops me being ridiculous. It stops me saying, well, look at me. Will I sit there? Will I be at the front? Will I be? It stops me being ridiculous. And I would suggest once a day, we need to lift our heads up and sing. And it doesn't matter what your voice is like. It matters that you adopt that pose of just looking up at him, enjoying him, marvelling at him. That's what matters. In my salvation, what matters is I get my eyes on him. He who is the saviour, he who is, is, forgives my sins, he who makes me right with God, he who pays me a denarius, even if I make it in at five o'clock in the evening. So I want to suggest once a day, you lift your head up and you sing something. If you're struggling, we put songs out on our emails. We put songs out on our Facebook page. We try to get songs out there for you. Good songs that are full of truth, that talk about who Jesus is and what he's like. You can go on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, Prime Music, wherever you get your music from and, and try some stuff out. If you're new to all of this, try Bethel, try Hillsong, try Elevation Worship, try some of our stuff, like real life music. We've, we've written some beautiful songs. Try some of it out. Next one, number three, get truth in you. So read the parables. If you're not reading the parables during this season, why not? Let's get our Bibles open and get stuck into what God is saying through these little stories with big ideas. You can take one parable at a time and simply write down the big idea. So read it and write the big idea down. We're doing that with our boys. It's brilliant fun. I love hearing what they think the big idea is. So get, get truth in you. Next one, number four, if you have not prayed a prayer where you have invited Jesus into your life, let me show you how to do it. So when you hear God call you, so when you have a sense of, I think God wants me to come now, and you'll know, he might be calling you tonight, you might be on tonight thinking, oh, I've just, I feel like my heartbeat's kicking up a bit I feel like I want to do something with this message you can pray a prayer and you can ask Jesus into your life and you can commit your life to him so you can say to him something along the lines of Jesus I know that you love me I know that you died on the cross in my place for all my sin and I want to say sorry to you Jesus I've lived my own way for too long I want to follow you. I want to go your way now. So I ask you to forgive me for all my sin. I ask you to make me right with God. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want eternal life. I want to be with you, Jesus. Amen. And if you pray a prayer like that and you invite Jesus into your life, you join in being one of the workers in the vineyard. You join in 
with his beautiful plans and purposes for the earth. You should be part of a local church, learn how to read your Bible, just, just get yourself involved. It is by far the best decision I've ever made. And the second one was Marion Stuart Crane. Next, How, who have you given up on? So it, in the story, it gets to five o'clock and the master is still out there calling people's names. He's still saying, come on, come and work for me. Come into my vineyard. It's five. There's, there's probably an hour left. That's it. It's the end of the day. What I want to say to you, if you've been praying for people and you've given up, it's not five o'clock yet. It's not the end yet. Jesus hasn't closed up this earth and begun a new heaven and a new earth. He hasn't done that yet. We're not ready to give up on people. So I want to suggest that you might need to repent and say to God, I've given up. I've given up because it feels like it's taking too long. It feels like it's getting too late. The question God would say is, is it five yet? Is it five o'clock yet? I think the answer is no. It's not time yet to give up. So we need to keep going out there. We need to keep praying, keep showing kindness, keep telling our story, keep offering to pray, keep stepping out until he closes it all up until he says we're done now it's not five o'clock yet and there are some people that you've given up on that you just need to make a choice now and say I've, I've realized God it's not five I realize that you have not given up that you are still calling men and women to come to know you that there are hundreds and hundreds of people all across the globe that you still want to call into your purposes and call into your plans and I won't give up either. I won't give up until I draw my last breath and you say, time now. Who have you given up on? Maybe just jot their name down now and say, I'm sorry, God. I won't give up if you haven't given up. And then lastly, we must not get caught on things that don't really matter. And I say this with all the grace I can muster up. Where you sit, what you do, how hard you work, these are the things that don't really matter. What matters is Jesus, his kingdom, his purposes, his plans. What matters is we give our attention, our energy, our focus to the kingdom and the things of the kingdom. And that doesn't mean that your job doesn't matter and your home doesn't matter. And, you know, that it doesn't mean that. What it means is I do all of these things with the kingdom in mind. I do all of these things for him, thinking about him, serving him. I love people, look after people, thinking about him. I make sure that the poor are fed. I, I do all these things with him as the focus, not me. And so some of you, all you need to do is take a little look inside your heart and think, actually, I've been fussing and grumbling and complaining about things that actually, in the big scheme of things, don't matter. What matters is that men and women come to know Jesus. What matters is that his church is, is full of men and women that, that, that will eventually, when he closes up this world, 
be on the new heaven and the new earth, adoring him, celebrating him. So I hope you've had a bunch of things you can write down, a bunch of things that you can have a go at. It truly is amazing grace that any of us are allowed to come, that any of us are allowed to be in his presence, be in his kingdom, be a part of his plans, a part of his purposes. I hope tonight that God has reminded you what you have been saved from and saved into. I hope tonight that he's spoken into your heart, into your very being. I hope tonight that he stirred you to worship him, love him, adore him more. I have a few little bits that I just want to bring at the end that I felt God drop into my heart when I was preparing this stuff. So I felt for a few people that God wanted to release storytellers. So people who, who among us love to read stories, tell stories. I feel all the way through this series that he wants to do that over and over again. So you are someone who loves to read out loud. You love to tell stories. You love to tell your own stories. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I shared it last time, but I feel like that this series, one of the things it will do among us is release storytellers. And so I, I want to ask you now that if you know that's you, just to hold out your hands and just say to God, I, I want to tell stories, but I also want more stories for like your people who have a hunger for stories. So just stretch out your hands to him and just ask him to release you into more storytelling. Um, there are some of you among us who study hard and you study the Bible hard, you read it a lot, you study books around it, you're hungry for it, you, you study all the context, you love all that kind of stuff. And I feel like God just wants to speak to you as well, just wants to encourage you and say, I love meeting you in those places where you study hard and, and where you read around and where you look up in, 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 in additional books and where you, you read your Bible for longer and you feel like I just hunger for that. I feel like God just wants to meet you in it, just wants to meet you in it. So just stretch out your hands and just say, while I'm reading, while I'm learning, while I'm studying, I'm desperate to meet you. I felt like God spoke to me about deathbed conversions. Um, and I... I feel like there are some people who have just felt like like people who they loved have died and they've not been sure whether they know Jesus or not, or even themselves just thought, oh, I don't know if I got to the end of my life, whether, whether I'd be saved. And I felt like I felt it for a while now that there will be a worship in heaven that is so rich because we will be so outraged by some of the people that stand there who literally in the last moments of their lives cried out to God. So like the thief who was next to Jesus on the cross, who literally in the last moments of his life cried out to God and, and Jesus said to him, today you'll be with me. I feel like some of the richness of the worship in heaven will be those moments where we're just going, I can't believe it I can't believe you're here I can't believe that God would accept that do that there will be moments where we just find him to be so outrageous and so good and I felt like God just wanted to speak to you you were one of those people that was concerned or even you've got relatives that are 
very elderly and you're thinking, oh my gosh, are they going to make it? I felt like God said there will be so many surprises in heaven. There will be so many moments where we just go, man, God, your grace is amazing. Um, so for you, I just feel like God just wants to say, like he's still out there calling people at five o'clock. He's still out there at the end of people's lives going, come on, come. And then lastly, I just felt this sense of for people who are desperate for work. And you might be out of work currently, or you might be doing a job that you know it's not quite what you should be doing. And there's a desperate, there's a desperation in your heart where you just think, I know I was made for different to this. I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. I know that God's got more for me. And I felt like God wanted you to cry out to him now. Just get down on your knees where you are. So either you're out of work and you're desperate for work or you're doing a job where you just think, I know this isn't it. I know this isn't quite what I was made for. I know that I was made for something else and I feel desperate. I felt like he, he, there are times when he just walked past those workers and just said, come now. And literally in a moment, it just changes. And so I wanted you to just cry out to God, to just say, I, I know there's something else for me, God. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on the street. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to wait for you to call. I'm going to wait for you to open the doors. But I know there's more for me. And then lastly, I just want to, I did lastly last time, but this is the lastly, lastly. Lastly, I just want to say, if you don't know Jesus, it's not five o'clock yet. Well, it's, it is way past five o'clock, but it's not five o'clock in the kingdom. So if you don't know him yet, if you've never made that decision to follow him, you can make that. You can make that now tonight. You can make that before you go to bed later on. You can cry out to him. You can call out to him. I called out to him 20, 25 years ago. Hannah called out to him five years ago. Dave called out to him five years ago. Anna called out to him nine years ago. Gemma called out to him 20 years ago. Andrew called out to him 21 years ago, Charlotte 23 years ago, Becca 26 years ago, Kay 31 years ago, Sarah 39 years ago and the week before we went into lockdown Mel called out to him not even a year ago, it's not too late, it's not five o'clock, don't leave it to the last minute but if it is the last minute I know that his grace will cover you. So I just want to pray. And then I, I can't, I think you said we might go into breakout rooms. I think what I'd rather do, if it's all right, Matt and Phil, I'm sorry if I'm about to completely freak you. Um, you did say that we could sing one more song if we felt like that was the right thing to do. I feel like that's the right thing to do. I feel like, I, I don't know about you, I want to worship my Jesus. And I want to say thank you. It is amazing grace that saves us. It is outrageous, incredible. If he's called your name, it, it, oh, it's, it's so precious. And I want us to, to worship him and love him and leave this place tonight knowing that he's good, that he's God and that he's got us. And if you don't know him yet, sing this song, pray the prayer, get to know him. He's totally worth it all. So I'm just going to pray. Jesus, we, we think you are 
We think you are outrageous. We love your grace. We love your mercy. We love your compassion. We know we come by the blood or we don't come at all. And we're grateful that you shed that blood on the cross. We're grateful that you called our name. And yet we know it's not five o'clock. We know you've got loads more to do on the earth. We know you've got loads more to save. And so we pray, gather us up into your purposes, into your plans. Gather us up. Help us to call out. Help us to be those who are out on the streets calling out. Help us to show kindness. Help us to show mercy and grace in these times. Help us to use our voices well, our stories well, our hearts well. Lord Jesus, grow your church. Make her strong. Lord Jesus, we love you and worship you. Amen.